not have a menstrual cycle. Let me repeat that. Males do not and cannot have a menstrual cycle. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. This is episode seven, but this is the first one we are doing live. Makes me nervous. (laughs) I'm going to screw up. No, no. But that means you guys can go ahead and comment questions and we can kind of maybe answer a few of them or comment different things about the topic and we can kind of have a back and forth conversation with you guys. So that makes it a little bit more exciting. Um, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) But today we have a lot to share with you all. We are going to be talking about AB 1314. I'm sure most of you have heard of it, a parental rights bill. Right. We're going to explain what kind of happened with that, what's going on, what the next steps are, as well as we're going to talk about another parental rights bill, but one that we are in opposition to. It passed on the assembly floor, so we'll dive into that and what Mm -hmm. the next steps are. As well as we're going to talk about, we California Family Council was called a hate group by a senator for stating biological truth. Yes, we're now hateful for saying the truth. <laughs> yes, so we will be talking and diving into that, and then we are going to share um, one of the bills that is being heard next week. There is tons of bills on our bill watch list, so you'll be able to keep up with them on our social media and be able to see who to call, what to do, what to say, but we're going to focus in on one specifically today. So let's dive right into it. Sounds good. AB 1314, want to give us an overview on that? All right, this is a bill that uh, was introduced by two members of the assembly that we had some involvement with promoting the bill. Uh, We were also working with someone called Aaron Friday with Our Duty. Um, And the bill is fairly simple. Um, It simply says that school districts cannot um, keep secrets from parents about what a kid is identifying at school. So so what we see happening is around the state that kids, you know, as young as five are being told that, you know, they can pick their gender. And so if that actually happens and a kid decides to tell his teacher um, that he really thinks that he is a girl or she thinks he's a boy and they say, I want to be called a different gender uh, name and a different pronoun. Uh, that happens at school, but parents are kept out of the loop. They're not being told. So what this bill simply said is that if a kid publicly comes out at school using a different name and pronoun that you know parents need to be told. And so it was a simple notification bill. Yeah, so um, California Family Council, we went ahead and put together a whole website actually about the bill just so that way everything was in one place. So why don't we kind of check out here you can see this is what the front page of the website looks like right when you open it up. We go through just a quick overview of the bill. We go through any updates that happen as well as we have plenty of videos and interviews and documents all on this page. So if you check out CaliforniaFamily.org, you can click at the top at AB1314. You can also just search AB1314.net and I'll come right up. Yep. But we have plenty of videos. So Greg, if you want to talk maybe about these videos here, we have Pastor Jack, Aaron Friday. That's right. So there's Aaron Friday and myself. Uh, we are doing an interview at, near the Capitol Dome where she's kind of explaining what the bill does. Um, and Pastor Jack, um, also he is the senior pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, mm-hmm. and uh, Bill Asaley, which is his assemblyman right there, he's one of the uh, main authors of the bill, and, you know, 
uh, Pastor Jack is enthusiastic about the bill and lets Bill actually explain what the bill does. So that's mm-hmm. great there. And then actually the bill was announced in front of a school. If you go down here uh, a little below that, you'll see a uh, podium. Uh, uh, Bill Asaley actually held a press conference in front of a school down in Southern California where a teacher was actually fired. A Christian teacher was fired because she was told that she was going to have to lie to parents about the gender identity um, of her kids to their parents. And she said, you know, my faith will not allow me to deceive or lie to parents. I can't do that. And so they said, well, we can't accommodate that because that's what the state law they said the state law requires that. The state law does not require that. Um, and uh, so, but, uh, so, so the press conference was out there. You can hear all about that. And then uh, Sophia, you see right here, is uh, also doing an interview with the teacher, and she explains exactly what happened to her. So, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of resources on this page, and we put this page together because we wanted everyone to be able to know what this bill really was. And so, you all did a great job about calling into the um, assembly committee, the education committee, and asking to set the bill for a hearing. And so, while we were going through that process trying to get a hearing for this bill, assembly member Bill Asaley actually went and spoke at a school district um, in Chino Valley Unified School District. He spoke at their school board meeting to actually explain what this bill is as because that school board was taking up a resolution to apply this bill to their school board. So Yeah, the, the school board came together and said, hey, we want to support, publicly support this bill. Mm-hmm. And so they did that. It was hundreds of parents on, you know, both sides of the issue mm-hmm. showed up and they had a fabulous debate and uh, Bill Asaley defended his bill. So we're at a little video here and yes. you can see what he said. Penis. Good evening, board. Thank you for bringing this resolution up and for supporting AB 1314. I am the author of the bill. And I want to explain why I introduced the bill and what the bill actually does, because by the sound of it, it sounds like a lot of people haven't actually read the bill. So the reason I introduced the bill is because I saw a trend up and down the state of California in which schools were implementing policies that excluded parents in the affairs of their kids. Specifically, schools implemented policies saying that children had a right to privacy from their own parents. This is nonsense. There is no such legal doctrines. Kids do not have privacy from parents. Uh, Kids don't have capacity to make decisions as minors. And their parents are are critical components to uh, their, their best interests. So when we found out that there were school districts actively transitioning kids without their parents knowledge or consent this is an issue and it's an issue which i felt was appropriate to take action on and that's why i introduced ab 1314 which is really simple it doesn't out anybody what it says is that the school is going to actively uh, actively participate in the social gen uh, transitioning of the minor the parent has to be notified it doesn't change anything it doesn't change How they identify doesn't change any other decisions that the child makes at school. All it says is that you have to bring the parents into the loop and they have to know what's happening. This has been public policy in California since the beginning. Parents have been seen as partners in education, not spectators. And really what the core of this issue is, is who has the best interest of kids in mind? Is it their parents or the government? And I submit to you that nobody has the better interest for their kids, their well-being, their safety, than their own parents. And kids are the domain of their family, their parents, not the government. 
what this fight is about and what you're seeing such vitriol is people want to own our kids nobody owns our kids kids belong to their parents and that should be reaffirmed that is the law and even if this bill does not pass I encourage this district and every district up and down this state to enact this policy, which you can do. Thank you for your time, and thank you for supporting the bill. Thank you. He's so great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so encouraging to see a legislator stand up with confidence and boldness and simply say what most every parent believes, that they are the ones in charge of their kids. Nobody loves kids more than their own parents, mm -hmm. and they should be involved. And when a kid, you know, has gender dysphoria or is confused about their gender, why keep that secret from parents? It's just unbelievable. But that is the attitude of legislators up here. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted uh, Al Murasuchi. Mm -hmm. He was the uh, he sent out a press release. He is the chair of the Assembly Education Committee. That's where this bill was sitting, and we were waiting for a hearing date. But um, last week. Well, what is it, the 14th? So four days ago, he put out a press release. And more or less, he says that, you know, um, I'm not setting a hearing for this bill. You don't get to have this issue debated. You don't, uh, parents' voices that support this bill cannot come up and testify because, you know, not only do I believe this is bad policy, but I don't want to give a hearing that, and I'm quoting here, uh, that would potentially provide a forum for increasingly hateful rhetoric targeting LGBTQ youth, right? And so parents who, you know, Christian parents who might have a different viewpoint on gender and biology mm -hmm. are now hateful. Um, we can't give them a voice. Uh, this, the state is setting itself against, against Christians and well, it's setting yeah. themselves against parents. Yeah, parents, well, parents. All parents should have the ability to know what is going on with their child, especially when it's at school. If a That's child right. is being bullied at school, the parent gets informed. If the child is a bully, the parent gets informed. There's all these times parents have to be informed Absolutely. about what's going on at their, with their child. So if their child wants to identify as a different gender or use a bathroom that's different than the, their biological gender, parents shouldn't be informed. Yeah, it's keeping parents out of the loop. But Erin um, Friday from Our Duty, she had a great article that she um, wrote about this and kind of dove into a little bit about what would have actually been heard if they just let the bill go through a hearing. I mean, we're in a democracy, but they're not even laying our rights. That's right. It happened. And I wanted to kind of bring this article up. Um, it's it's published in an education publication called EdSource, which is read by a lot of teachers and administrators. And I just want to bring up three main points that she said. Now, she's an attorney, and she points out that, you know, she starts out, California has been on a dangerous crusade to erode parental rights. And what the state is doing is it's misinterpreting uh, a state law that says that Kids have privacy rights from their parents, um, and that when a, a, a kid's gender identity is something so sacred to themselves that not even their parents can know what it is if they reveal it at school, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is there is no uh, parental, uh, there's no right that five-year-olds, six-year-olds have a right to privacy from their parents. Um, so that's a, her first point. Now her second point was this. Um, 
that the, the bill itself uh, would simply require that schools let parents know that their child is suffering from gender dysphoria. I mean, gender dysphoria, listen, it's, it's really uncomfortable for kids. They don't feel right in their own bodies. You know, it's a medical condition, mm-hmm. right? And, and why would, you can't even get aspirin at school without parental permission. Mm-hmm. Why in the world can you let a kid change his gender? Or if the school finds out the kid's struggling with a gender, you have to keep that secret from the parents. It makes no sense. And then the third main point I wanted to point out um, is that what is happening is that young kids are uh, more or less diagnosing themselves, mm-hmm. right? Kids change their minds all the time. They get influenced by peers and social media. Uh, they think they're one thing. They think they're the other thing. And what's happening is schools are simply trusting the child and they're socially transitioning a child almost immediately when the kid acknowledges, hey, I think I'm some other gender, right? All the medical journals don't do that. They all require an in-depth mental health uh, assessment before something like that is done. And that's when you need parents' involvement. So this makes most sense. I I encourage you to read that article and share it uh, with your teachers, your administrators. And what we need to do is now, okay, find the states rejecting us at this point. We need to go to every school board in the state and mandate that they pass their own policies, that we will not lie to parents, we will not keep secrets, and if your child is struggling and publicly telling everybody else, we're not going to keep parents in the dark anymore about a kid's uh, gender identity. Yeah, and behind the scenes, we're working on this a lot. We're working with groups across California. We're doing a lot with Real Impact and Capital Resource Institute to put together a game plan to give to you all. So we're not, right. we're not giving up here. We are going to keep meeting with these groups, figure out a game plan, and we'll keep you all updated about what to do about AB 1314. That's right. Well, AB 1314 isn't the only parental rights bill. Sadly. Yes, we've been watching. So AB 665, we've been posting a lot about this bill across our social media. We've been saying it out in our newsletter. And again, you can get this all at CaliforniaFamily.org. You can sign up for our newsletter, find all of our social media. But... Do you want to give us a little run-through about AB 665? Yeah, AB 665 is a bill um, that gives kids who, once they turn 12, Mm -hmm. it gives them a right to consent to their own mental health treatment, Mm -hmm. counseling, outpatient care, but it also gives them the right to consent to being placed in a residential center. What's a residential center? Well, that is like any state-funded group home or center uh, where they house students that's being paid for by the state. It's pretty broad and open. But a 12-year-old, a 6th grader, can on his own, without parental consent or knowledge, um, place himself uh, outside the home in one of these centers, right? And what, you know, they're really calling it the kidnapping bill mm-hmm. because, the, you know, a state ca- uh, counselor at school can simply, you know, encourage a kid, hey, are your parents not affirming of your true self, your real identity? You know, we, well, we can, that's harmful to you. Why don't you come and come to a group home, you know, where we can be, uh, be all affirming of your new identity that you picked for yourself? And any kid uh, can do this once they reach age 12, right? And so this is a huge violation of parental rights. Kids need their parents, especially teenagers, especially 12-year-olds, what do 12-year-olds know about themselves? Mm -hmm. And what teenager doesn't get mad at their parent at some point for any reason and think, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be home, like, and now they have the ability to genuinely make this 
irrational and rash decision no, I know. that has a lot of repercussions to it. So this is an extremely dangerous bill. Like you said, we're calling it the state sanctioned kidnapping bill. And it passed through its committees. It hit the assembly floor where it passed through. But your phone calls are making a difference because our assembly members that are in opposition to this bill are speaking up. And it's because they hear you, their constituents calling them. That's right. So we need to continue calling. We'll actually um, show you a video. We have assembly member James Gallagher. He spoke out in opposition on the floor, as well as many other assembly members did. But he did a great job. So why don't we check out his video? Yeah, thank, thank you, Mr. Speaker and members. I rise in opposition to this legislation. And I know that the intent of my colleague here is to expand access to mental health uh, for our youth. And that's certainly a goal that I support. But this policy and this bill does so at the expense of parents. And I think that's wrong. Um, there is currently in law a requirement of parental consent uh, for, for children 12 and older. Um, and but it has in the law right now, existing law, an exception if there's an emergency uh, with the child or if there's evidence of abuse. I think that's a good policy. This completely removes that and says there'll be no parental consent for a child 12 years or older to get mental health treatment. I think parents are a critical, fundamental part of helping ensure our youth's mental health. If my child is at school, if my child is dealing with a mental health crisis, I want to know about it. And this misguided and I think wrongful trend in our policy now that has continued to exclude parents from that equation and say they don't need to be informed. That other people can make the decision for them when it comes to their kid is wrong. And we should stop this now. If we want to talk about ways to expand access to mental health, let's do that. If we want to talk about different funding and approaches to do that, let's do that. Let's come together. But repealing this requirement, which is good policy, is not the way to do that. So I encourage you to vote no. Thank you. Talk to your average parent on the street, and they're going to agree with that. I mean, listen. Again, nobody loves their kid more than their parent. Nobody knows their kid more than their parent. You know, what does a 12-year-old know how to pick a good counselor, right? Uh, and, you know, not every counselor is the same. You got some quacks out there. You know, how is a 12-year-old going to assess uh, what, the 12, what the counselor is telling him is, is good advice? And yet now 12-year-olds are now going to be able to go out there and just, you know, uh, get treatment on mental health with no parental knowledge or consent. It's it's crazy. Yes, but even though this bill passed the assembly floor, it's not law. It needs to go through the Senate. So now is time to call your senators um, and urge them to vote no. You can visit CaliforniaFamily.org. We have an action center. You can figure out who your senator is and their phone number and email if you don't already know. Yeah. Call them and urge them to vote no on AB 665. And then as soon as it gets set for a Senate committee hearing, we'll let you all know. We'll let you know the committee members and the committee member phone numbers and we'll start calling and get hopefully get this bill to die. Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to be possible without your phone calls and your help. That's right. Um, now, do we have another video? Yes. So there's, you know, mm -hmm. not only did you see a, a, 
assembly member on the floor, you know, opposing this bill. But we wanted to give you a little glimpse of the attitude that those who are for this type of bill are have. And so what we're going to show you is a video from Assemblyman uh, Rick Zaber. He's the former um, CEO of Equality California, the largest LGBT organization. And let and you'll get a little sense of what he thinks about parents mm -hmm. with this clip. Yeah, so let's check it out. The reality is that we need to put our kids first, and ki and often the parents are the problem. I mean, not every kid has a home where they can come home to and be accepted for who they are, especially when they're um, addressing a lot of their issues related to their identity. So uh, for those reasons, I ask for an I vote as well. Yeah, so, so in his, his mind, Parents are the problem. And which parents are the problem? Those who are not affirming, right, of his worldview, the way he would raise his kids, you know, more or less, if you don't raise them the way I want, then we are going to facilitate your kids being taken from your home. Mm -hmm. That's the attitude. That's the attitude. Mm -hmm. And they're putting that into, in the, into law. Folks, we got that's super concerning for everybody, you know, I mean, you know. Yeah, especially parents. It's time to start calling. It's start time to start letting your legislators know how to be voting. You're their constituents. They need to be listening to you because they're not even hiding anymore. He said right there on the assembly floor, yep. parents are the problem. And he's not the only legislator that's thinking that. So it's time for parents to start making phone calls and standing up for your children and your parental rights. You know what's best for your child. No one loves your child more than you do, and it's time to stand up and defend them. Yep. Well, that is not the only kind of <laughs> unfortunate bill we had the past week or so. We have been posting and talking to you all about SB 59. It is the menstrual products bill by Senator Nancy Skinner, and at first glance, it's a pretty like, it's a good bill. It's going to provide free menstrual products in bathrooms in state-owned buildings. That's right. So we're like, oh, maybe this is a good one to support. But we started reading through the bill language, and it's not just women's restrooms they're putting menstrual products in. They're putting menstrual products in men, in male restrooms. Yeah. And their argument is, well, if you're not going to use it, just don't touch it. But they're pushing a gender ideology when these little boys are walking into their restrooms and seeing period products. Then it opens the conversation, why, why would I need this? Can I have a menstrual cycle? And it's been a bill that we've testified on twice now. And so let's watch a little clip of what happened when we stated the biological truth and what um, Senator Scott Weiner had to say about that. Males do not have a menstrual cycle. Let me repeat that. Males do not and cannot have a menstrual cycle. Testified today, and that's what they are. Let's just be clear. Um, uh, and especially the the, with the one anti-LGBTQ hate group that um, uh, that is now, I guess, portraying itself as as having somehow fought for women's equality. I want to be clear that these same uh, uh, homophobic, transphobic organizations um, posing this bill today, this whole notion that somehow it's pro-women to be anti-trans is absurd, and I want to thank the author uh, and all of the supporters and sponsors uh, for acknowledging that. Happy to move the bill. 
Yeah, so this is what happens when we simply state, which, you know, has been true for eons and still is true, but we're simply saying, hey, men and women are different. Men have reproductive parts that are different than women, and it's ridiculous to, to insist otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so we stood up and said that. And what are we called? Um, hate groups, you know, it, it, and they, you know, it goes on. You can see uh, more of what the other legislators said. But they said, our views are motivated by hatred. Mm -hmm. That we have an internal hatred towards people who are struggling with their gender, who think they're a different gender. No, you know, and, and we went up to the legislator afterwards who introduced the bill. He says, you know, we, we don't hate anybody. Mm -hmm. We just have a disagreement on you on how we think biology determines gender, and you think it's determined by your feelings. You know, how are we going to live with, in peace with each other, right? If you imply that all, we're motivated by hatred. No, we're just motivated by reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and on our YouTube, you can watch the um, entire hearing for that and hear what the other legislators had to say. My um, senator was actually on that committee, and she went ahead and said that by saying men can't menstruate, that I was hateful, that I'm uncollaborative, and that I was spreading misinformation. Mm -hmm. So that's what some of these legislators are thinking. If you simply state a biological truth it doesn't that doesn't align with their false ideology, they're going to come out and call you hateful. And but it, really, but, uh, it's, that's okay, because we need to start doing that. Because mm -hmm. they assume that once they call us hateful that we're going to shrink back and be quiet because no one wants, Christians don't want to be called hateful. They don't, we're supposed to love each other, love people and even love our own enemies, but they're lying and slandering us, hoping we shut up. Mm -hmm. Right. And what happens when we let, when we hear lies and we say nothing is that everybody around starts to think, well, maybe they're telling the truth because nobody's opposing them. Mm -hmm. That is a terrible thing uh, to happen. That's why Christians need to stand up in the public arena and argue for reality. Yeah, we've gotten to the point where we are today because too many people stayed too silent for too long. That's and right. we're not going to be staying silent. You all know what California Family Council stands for. Our mission is to um, defend God's design for life, liberty, and family. That's and right. we're going to keep doing that here at the Capitol. But we need you guys to partner with us. We need you to make phone calls and call your legislators Call, if one of your personal senators was on that committee, call them and ask them why they think that men can men menstruate. Call them and ask them to ask for this bill to be amended, to get rid of it from men's restrooms. And that's what we need to be doing. They need to be hearing from us. And right. like Greg said, we can be called hateful because we don't agree with their ideology, but what we're standing for isn't coming from hate. It's coming for we're standing for the truth and because we love people, so we want them to hear the truth, and we're not going to back down, and you guys can't back down either. Hey. So, that was... Next. Yeah, that was all the bills that have happened and that we were going to talk about. So, now let's talk about a hearing next week. SB 268 is going to be heard next Tuesday, so April 18th at 8.30 a.m., in the Senate um, Public Safety Committee. So why don't you tell us about that, Greg? Yeah, I mean, this is a bill we're actually uh, trying to get people to support. Uh, and maybe people don't realize this, but did you know that all rapes in California are not designated as violent crimes? There are certain rapes that the state of California doesn't consider violent. If you are a person uh, who is raped, but you are unable to give consent, meaning you were either disabled 
uh, you were unconscious, you know, someone simply uh, threatened you uh, with deportation, or they threatened to, you know, send you to jail for some reason, um, and no actual, I guess, I don't know, they, they consider that nonviolent. And when something is nonviolent, the punishment is less. And so, viol rape is such a brutal crime, does it really matter whether somebody is, uh, you know, awake or asleep? or drunk, or not drunk. No, it's it's a violent crime. Mm -hmm. It should be treated like a violent crime. And so this bill is doing that. Uh, it changes the law to make sure all rape is treated like violent crime. And so this is SB 268. Um, it's actually uh, supported by Senator Alvarado Gill uh, out of the Central Valley. Mm -hmm. um, and it deserves our support. Yeah, so if you follow us on our social media, we are going to be posting the names of the committee members as well as their numbers. So give them a call and tell them to support SB 268 when it's um, in their committee next Tuesday. And again, there are some good bills, so we want to keep you informed. And it's necessary to not just call our legislators when we're opposing a bill, but also on the bills we support That's right. and to get their vote for that. Now, there's, other, there's many other bills that we are against. We, we could... this. Uh, let, <laughs> this podcast will go on and on and on. Yes. So what you need to do is go to our website. Um, at the very top, it will it will say uh, what our watch list is. And on that watch list, it'll list all the bills that are up in hearing uh, next week. Uh, if the bill is in the Senate, you could actually testify by calling in. Otherwise, you got to come down here or call your own legislator if you're concerned about some of these bills. Yeah, so like Greg said, tune in to all of our social media, our website, sign up for the newsletter. You'll get lots of information. We That's hope right. today was helpful. I mean, let's not forget, parents have rights. Males don't have menstrual cycles. <laughs> and all rape is bad rape, and our legislators need to vote in support of that. That's right. All right, well, we will see you all hopefully next week, and we'll hopefully keep doing these lives. So see you all later. Goodbye.